Welcome to After Bedtime with Greg and Emma, the married couple with kids who are more interesting than you think. They are weird, offside, and totally relatable. Warning, adult content and offensive language. Okay. That, what, that is the dumbest pillow I've ever seen. It's very comfy though. You ordered it? No, on, I need it back my oh, Did you specifically order that for podcasting? Yes, it's a when, floor pillow. It's ugly. It looks like it's from a 1970s couch. It's vintage Where looking. did you order it from? Urban Outfitters. Are you kidding me? Like, how much was that thing? <laughs> it looks like I could find it on the side of the road. <laughs> I could find that under or an in overpass. Your grandmother's attic. Under an overpass. Like that is the worst thing ever. <laughs> and did it seriously come in that box upstairs? Yeah, I know. That, it was way too huge of a box. Way too huge. It looks like it you know, was from the a box refrigerator. Was kind of opened. Yeah. Ooh, I just spit everywhere. I don't do you ever notice that sometimes you get you something spit? from Amazon? No. Oh. What? I thought you meant you know when you spit by accident? Um no. Spread your COVID? Germs? Well, no. You ever get something where the box is ginormous? Yeah. Is way too big? That makes no sense at all. Like, why does that... Why would that little pillow come in that giant refrigerator box? <laughs> I know. Like, are they just trying to mess with you? Well, the kids will like the box. I know, but are they trying to mess with me and be like, your wife bought something in a giant box? What is it? <laughs> is it a snowman? Does it cost thousands of dollars? Yeah. But that's so stupid because they're paying to ship it and they're paying like yeah makes I don't no know. sense. Anyway, you know what? It said part of your order has shipped, so I actually got two of these little pillows. Why? Um, so we both sit on the floor. Yeah. In grandma, like, you know what is annoying? What you sold my grandma's lazy boy. <laughs> At a yard sale for what? Greg, it Twenty was like bucks. Green corduroy. Yeah, I know, but it was Lazy Boy. It's the inside yeah, it was that puffy. counts. It was puffy. Yeah, but that it was it was well built and it was comfortable. So you sell that at a yard sale, and then you buy this stupid thing. That you know what? Old styles are coming back now, though. But okay. that Lazy Boy will never be in style. Okay, well you know what? It's comfortable Too and poofy. C- comfort doesn't go out of style. Anyways, I didn't think this podcast was going to happen tonight. Did you? No, it was touch and go. Tonight was swimming lessons at our house. Yeah. Because we're the swimming lessons house, apparently, now. Yeah, well, you know what? We have kids of swimming lesson age. We have a nice big pool. Yeah. Get the neighborhood kids together. Yeah, yeah, let's get the neighborhood over. We'll feed them. We'll, like, (laughs) have a nice little get-together. It was fun. Is this every week? Yeah. Okay, you know what? Did you do swimming lessons when you were a kid? Uh, I don't know. I, I, You know what? I did swimming lessons. You know when I stopped? When? When I knew how to swim. Yeah, but our kids don't know how to swim. Are you kidding me? Greg. Ophelia's buzzing around the pool like know, she has a 9.9 Johnson strapped to her she ass. She can swim underwater, but she, she doesn't know swim- how to she can keep her head up very long. Yeah, give her a couple weeks yeah. and she'll be... Str- okay, well then at the end of the summer, she'll be good. And then we no more swimming lessons? <laughs> Greg, just... No. Whatevs. Well, she's just... She's a hell of a swimmer, okay? Yeah, I know, and I enjoyed having keep her head above water. everyone over. But we had to do it tonight because tomorrow... Tomorrow, Emma's going to Ottawa to see Robert. <laughs> Chicken man. Her osteopath. The weirdo. That eats chicken and rubs her feet and is just gross. Right? Like, Slash, he's the best at what he does. So. He's, he's the best at what he does, apparently. So, 
you're going to an audio path, audio, osteopath. Osteopath. You just went to a I naturopath. I just went to a naturopath. So, Yesterday? Yes. Yeah. So is that... I think it was like months we're, ago. It was months ago. Health kick. No, but it was it months ago when I was like, I got to do this and that. Oh yeah, but then then your appointment got canceled like three times because of COVID. So really? this was like oh long time ago. We were thinking about this. Well, I didn't even yeah. And I'm like, uh, what? I have an appointment with a naturopath. I know because I made the appointment for you. I know. And then I kept moving the appointment. Oh my god! And then. You f- filled out, had to fill out that big form. I know. Do you, you. Me- do you remember the form? Remember the sex part of it? Oh, yeah. I just remembered this. It was like a question about how, like, your sexual partners or something. Oh, yeah. And it was basically like. <laughs> like, it tricked you. Like, there was, there was no, no way answer. answer. There was yeah. no answer for me because it's like, okay. What did uh, it say? Like, it was like you've had, you had. Multiple s- partners. Or something. or something. But it was. There was no, and it was like, or you're, it was basically. Or you're, you've only was, had one partner. Yeah, it was basically you're married right now, or you just fuck everything, right? No, because that would give you an option of you're married right now, so you would choose that. The only one was like, basically like, you've never had sex with anyone except yeah, yeah, for your yeah. spouse. Wife. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, That's okay. how it was worded. Yeah, that's how it was worded. So I'm like, what do I choose? <laughs> I don't want her to think I'm like a big guy, like, that's going out you know unleashing but it's like it was You've just had a, more partners yeah, than just me yeah it was the stupidest questionnaire ever <laughs> and plus what does that have to do with like what i need to tell a naturopath nothing uh, so anyways it gives some insight into so we went to behavior the i went to the naturopath and she did i I'm not good at doctors or like naturopaths or whatever, but she did a test where she hooked up a bunch of shit to me and my body fat, or you know already, but my body fat percentage was 19.5. Where did she hook it up? It was like to my arm and my feet. So it was like some machine and it tested like my water. And, you know, thankfully I drank a lot of water that day. Mm, But normally you don't. You know what? Why would you say that? Well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes your pee is very. No. Okay. If the water cooler at work is, has water in it, I drink a lot. But if it's empty for several days. Oh my God, Greg, you're so lazy. No, but I'm not the water guy. (gasps) Oh my God. That's so rude. Anyways, I, so she did these tests and 24% body fat is obese and I'm 19.5. So she was like, she basically told me I was just an unhealthy, disgusting human being in a polite way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So she said, she said I eat too many carbs, which was, which was kind of ironic because at the end, she's telling me about all these tests. And I I hate being tight for time because I was. Yeah. And I had, I'm like, ah, like, sorry, I really have to get going. She's like, oh, where do you have to go? And I'm like, I have a reservation at an <laughs> Italian restaurant where I'm going to eat a shit ton of carbs. <laughs> like, so it was just the most you awkward. You to tell the truth. Well, what am I supposed to say? Just say, like, I have to go get my kids. And take them to an Italian restaurant. You didn't have to say that part. Okay, what if I see her there? What if I see her and I'm eating carbs? Well, then she's eating carbs too. I know, so but she'll be guilty. like, uh, you know what? You could have been honest with me. You could have said you're going to eat one last hurrah of carbs <laughs> and then 
everything would be okay, good. Okay, so what did she say? You're eating too many carbs and you're not Shh. eating enough protein. Not eating enough protein. And she but was I like... I feel like you eat a lot of protein. Yeah, well, she said that, oh, you should try eat nuts and stuff. And I said, no, lady. <laughs> you know, this is what happens when Greg <laughs> eats fucking cashews. cashews. So I don't want to go down that road. I'm not eating any nuts. Did you tell her about the cashew Yes, problem? I did. What did she and say? She was like, oh, wow, I don't blame you, you know, like, whatever. And she said a few other things because the cashews didn't come up on my allergy test. But she said there's some... What allergy test did you do? When I got an allergy test that you set up for me. I don't remember. They, like, one where they drop the stuff on your... They poke holes they in you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, well, sometimes it's like you have to ingest it to be allergic or something. Hmm. Anyways, I just don't like... I'm... I think I'm dumb. Like, I'm not a smart guy that uses big words. So she's like, well, what are your stools like? Like, and I I was like, well, sometimes they're hard. Like, sometimes they're good and solid. Sometimes they're like... <laughs> not formed. Runny and diarrhea. And sometimes they're like, you know, and... She was like, so they're inconsistent. And I'm like, yes, why didn't I just say inconsistent? Like, I had to give her a friggin' seven-day-a-week what my poo is like. You and didn't do the... I think I did. I don't know. But I had a mask on. I had to wear a mask, too. And that was my first time wearing a mask for more than, like, five minutes. And were you, like, It's awful. And I didn't yeah. brush my teeth before. Ugh, so so I'm like, oh, my God, my warm breath. <laughs> and it's going up through my eye, into my eye. Does that happen to you? Where the war- you're warm, like yeah, you're- that's why people that wear glasses. Oh, are, you like, couldn't. So annoying. You'd be fogged. fogged. Yeah, fogged up they're constantly for days. fogged. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. So, anyways, I went from this appointment straight to pick up the kids because yeah. Emma was going to a friend's mm-hmm. for a social distancing gathering, mm-hmm. and I took them to a patio to an Italian restaurant, Tommaso's, mm-hmm. and. It's great a, restaurant. It's awesome. It's delicious. And I know the owners. I've never right? ate outside Is there. It, you know, did you ever... I used to hate people when they're like, oh yeah, let's go here. I know the owner. You know what I <laughs> now mean? Now you're like... I know. I know now I'm owner. that dick. I just realized it. <laughs> Except, okay, if you know the owner's name and they recognize you, it's different. But like when you're getting comped meals like a big shot like me... Did you? Yeah. Aww. But that sucks, though, because... Then you'd feel like you don't want to go there because you don't want to get the comp meals all the time? No. It's... No, oh. no. When you get, like, a comp meal, which I do once in a while, I'm kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> but then the tip thing. You... Like, I never have cash. Oh. So I had to get the guy... To put to something... To bring his machine over so I could give him a tip. Oh. So you just feel like an idiot. Yeah, that's Because weird. you can't not tip. Yeah. And, then, and you want to give it like extra good tip. I know, and I gave him an extra good tip because uh-huh. it's like, okay, I'm getting a free meal here. Uh-huh. So, anyways, we went in and how the, much did you give him? I gave um, what did I give him? Twenty five bucks or something? Wow. I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So that how makes much. his night. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, but Whoa. Tommaso's. It's you've never been on the patio. No. Okay, it's right on the water. I know that. Like, you can pull up with your boat. Yeah, that's super and, cool. And there's we should like, do that sometime. There's flowers and stuff. And we walked around. and Let's get a boat. Ophelia was like, <laughs> oh my, this, she said, this, it, Trenton's beautiful. Oh, and I'm like, like, 
But I'm it like, could be. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah, it's it really is. nice. I, why does it get a bad name? Is it the people? Yeah. Okay. Well, Trent, there was a guy. We went for a walk, and under the bridge, there was a guy with no teeth smoking a cigarette, and he had a bag of cigarettes in his hand, like you know the big, like you get off the reserve. Yeah, yeah. And he's like smoking, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" Like to the kids and stuff, and Ophelia's like, "Good. How are you?" Like, Aww. and he's like, "You must get your looks from your mother." <laughs> And, and then he's like, just kidding, buddy. And then he tried to shake my hand. Oh. And I'm like, oh, COVID, man. COVID like, plus, yeah. So I guess that's why Trenton gets a little bit of a bad name because uh-huh. people that are under the bridge. But that's nice. I'm glad Ophelia was friendly to that man. She was. And she, they were so good at the restaurant. Except, like, so they had their drinks. Like, they were coloring. Like, they were just perfect. Uh-huh. Like, just perfect. And me going there, I'm like, I'm outnumbered. Yeah. So if they're assholes, yeah, then I'm and we haven't going to be struggling. Been, like, we haven't been to a restaurant in ages. Haven't so been to a like, restaurant forever. And like Ophelia was used to kind of going to restaurants. Oh yeah. Sometimes Eddie probably doesn't really no. remember it. So I like. So we, it could have gone either way. Could have. It went amazing. That's good. And she was dressed up. Like in oh a yeah, she was. Or what? What's it? What was that? Like a little romper. A romper. She was so excited. A romper to... doesn't sound that stylish. Like it's like yeah, but it was stylish. like a, It was like a fancy one. Yeah, so cute. She looks so cute. But she was so pumped to like get her outfit on. Like I put a little bit of blush on her. And oh like, yeah, but mom, then my mom did her hair. But then she fell asleep on the way there, <laughs> and then I got her out of the car, and I'm like struggling because they both had their little backpacks they wanted to bring yeah yeah and i'm carrying him and she's half asleep so you're carrying two kids and two backpacks and then this car drives by that was like loud like fast and furious wannabe Mm -hmm. and ophelia said jesus buddy (laughs) i'm like what and then i'm like you can't say jesus like it's obviously something i've said or you probably me yeah, I don't but think I've said sh- that. She's like, well, Jesus is this. Like, she read a Jesus book. So now she thinks you can just say Jesus and it's okay. You well, know? it is okay. Well, no, I know. But whatever. You know what I'm saying? I know. So then we go to have, we're sitting there for dinner and they're coloring and they're having a blast. And then Ophelia, I kind of read through the menu and she wanted the mac and cheese. So we agreed that she was getting the mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. She was excited. So then when the waiter came over, I'm like, Ophelia, tell him what you want. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mac and cheese. Or she she was holding the menu like she was like a big reading shot, it. like reading it. <laughs> and she's like, um, mac and cheese. And then I was like, and? As if to say like, say please. So I'm like, and? And she said, rice. Yeah, but and is confusing because it's like, and what else do you want? You know what? Maybe it was confusing. Now, I look like You're the idiot. you say, what else do you say? Okay, so I said, and? And then she said, rice. <laughs> so I guess I screwed up in yeah, that situation. Yeah, totally. And then Eddie was like, chicken, chicken. <laughs> but then he didn't eat any of his chicken. food. And okay, at this place, I love, I love it. I'm not saying anything bad. But, but the kids' meals are massive. They're like as big as my meal. Oh. So I go from the naturopath telling me I have 19.5% <laughs> body fat to my like 
eating my fettuccine Alfredo. And then he's got a giant, like, 10 chicken strips and fries. And she's got a big plate of mac and cheese. So, and, how... Okay. And then I am end up eating half of both of theirs. How much do you weigh? How much do I weigh? Like, 165. So, like, you're a string bean and I'm you just, have fat. I, so, you basically have zero muscle. I have bone and fat. I'm not just a milk bag. <laughs> I'm just a milk bag. No and for, muscle. for Americans who don't know what that means, it means I'm... We have bags of milk. It's milk in a bag. And if you poke them, it's just squishy. Yeah, like, they don't have bagged milk. Oh, yeah. Which, because it is strange. You need a special container. It's a bit weird. <laughs> we never get bagged milk, come to think of it. Not anymore. No. But it's it's just picture milk in a plastic bag, all soft and squishy. That's my body. That is That's bizarre. what it is. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that was our dinner, huh. and and Eddie kept trying to feed his meal to everyone else, like and other tables. Yeah, and like everyone was looking at me like, "Wow, this guy is like dad of the A year, rock star." Yeah, yeah, because they were so good. They just were like Aww, so cute awesome. and so perfect and so everything. That's good. It's yeah. probably because it was like the first time they'd been Maybe. to a restaurant in or a it's long because time. when we pulled in, I was like, if you make, <laughs> if you do anything bad, we're never going to a restaurant ever again. Yeah, right. No, I didn't do that. But we, we have a guest so on good. this episode. Oh. Yeah. So I feel like... I can't wait to hear it. Wait. Do we, we introduce it? No, I got an idea. We'll introduce it now. I thought you introduced it the last time. No, but we're going to have... We'll introduce it now, and then we'll keep talking. But we'll cut it out, and we'll put it after, so it'll be like we're just listening to the interview, and then we're talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I need to hear the interview before I talk more. Okay, well, no, because we got to get it out there, man. Okay. we got to get it out okay. there. So, we're should we go right now to the interview? Sure, and then... and then. Okay, well, here's, here's an interview of Greg Interviewing... <laughs> Do you say conversationing? No, Greg had a conversation. No. Okay, it's an That's interview, not a word. I guess. But when we're buddies, it's an, it's a conversation. Okay, next on this on our podcast, <laughs> you're excited about this. No, I'm not excited. So I'm just cute. I just want to get it out there because the people are asking. So, mm. Sherry Lapina, Lapina. Did I say Lapina? <laughs> it's oh, it's Sherry Lapina. Best selling New York Times best selling author, best author, best thriller author in history, and she's up next talking to Greg. Awesome. C- cut. Hello. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh Hello. hi. Is this I- uh, Sherry Le Pena? Yes, it is. Is that, is that Greg? No. It, it sure is. How are you? It, good, thanks. I, uh, you sound different on the phone. Yeah, well, you sound like you have COVID-19. You know, I but, got tested, but I haven't got my results yet. Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm sure I don't have it. It's been almost a week. <clears throat> so um, I'm sure I'm fine. Yeah. So I hear you. No, I, I just have allergies, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, how are things? Things are good. I mean, other than with the farm, I mean, we're, um, it's just going so slowly. I mean, I thought that by now we'd be able to show it off to people with the, 
you know, but it's just taking a very long time. Well, so, um, yeah. When you're in a smaller area of this city, everything moves a little quicker, I guess, eh? I think so. I think it's really hard to get people out to work now, you know, with the pandemic and, and just there's a real shortage of tradespeople. Oh, for sure. And I mean, they're probably backlogged from yeah. everything else. And I guess yeah. you're, you're last on the list. It would seem. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it is coming along nicely. I mean, it is, it is lovely what's been done so far. So we're still waiting on the kitchen and the staircases. And most everything else has been done, just not finished off quite. But uh, the porches and stuff still have to be done. And did you? Is your driveway uh, still a big pile of mud, or did you get that? No, no, that's uh, all fine. And, and they <laughs> put in a lawn, and uh, the lawn is beautiful. And you know, it's, it's, it's you'll you'll see if you can ever come up and see it when it's done, and see your floors in place. It's it's going to look nice. It's just um, it's well, just taking a while. Well, I def- I could see the potential when I was. When I was there, for sure, like it's, it looks like a writer's, it looks like you, like it looks like a perfect, <laughs> perfect place for you. You thought when it was decrepit and falling. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean it that way. I meant the, it could I be know, you. It, it had yeah. tremendous potential, I think is what you're trying to yeah, say. Absolutely, yeah. But it just has that, like that charm and you have the little stream and I, yeah. I just thought yeah. it was so cool. It, don't you have a little sawmill or something there? We had, yeah, it's like a a grist mill, like it was a grain mill oh, and, a, okay. and a wood mill too. So that's you know next on the next on the list when the house is finished and the um, uh, we have to get a drive shed done because our drive shed's falling down and that was supposed to be done in the spring, but it's a year behind. So when that's done and the solar panels are on, then we have to look at um, the mill. So you know, with a farm, there's always going to be projects. Oh, for sure. Now, have you got? Have you been spending much time back there, or are you stuck well, in the no. city? No, like we just go up. Um, we go up for one night on the weekends usually, because um, we can't work there when the workman's there because of the COVID thing. Oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> for sure. I don't usually sound like this. I don't know why I'm on the phone. Suddenly, I sound like I've got COVID. But uh, oh, that's okay. I won't. No, I'm totally fine. Uh, <laughs> but we don't. We don't go up through the week because. You know, social distancing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so we we had hoped to spend the we had hoped to be moved in last spring, but um, well, anyway, we're are you planning on keeping a place in the city too, or you want to move there full time? Yeah, no, we well, we'll keep the place in the city for a few years more because we have uh, you know university age kids, so oh, okay. they need a base to come home to, you know, on holidays and stuff. So they don't want to be stuck in the middle of nowhere in the country? No, no, they don't want to be in the country, no. Well, how old are they? So the uh, the one is 21 and the other is uh, 18. Okay. Well, yeah. and now that's, now you started as, you were a lawyer, right? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. And then, so how did you, how did you go from being a lawyer to being, to writing thrillers? Is that a, <laughs> seems like a, a long, circuitous route. So, um, I was a lawyer in my 20s, and I, I only practiced for about a year, as I really did not enjoy being a lawyer. Um, so then I became an English teacher, because uh, I really am I'm interested in reading and writing. That's pretty much all I'm interested well, in. I would think so, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and then I ended up managing a school for the board for quite a few years, and then I, I had my first child, and then I, I got to stay home with um, with my kids. And so when I was staying home with my firstborn, I thought, oh, you know what the heck? I've always wanted to write novels. 
and I've never really given myself the chance. I've been too busy, and I thought this is the perfect time. I'll just, you know, I'll I'll bang off and all. I'll see how it goes. And so, so I did. I um, I just thought, well, I'm now or never. And so I wrote my first book, which was a comedy called Things Go Flying, which is about a sort of someone having a midlife crisis, and there's a lot of ghosts and humor and philosophy and stuff in it. And uh, then I wrote another one about poetry. And I mean, it sounds awful, but that was quite a, quite a good and fun book. It did quite well. And then um, I got to the point where, you know, I was writing these books and enjoying them, but I'd really always wanted to write thrillers. But the way I write is I, I just make it up as I go along, right? So if you're a literary writer and you can't plan a book out ahead of time, you know, you just sort of write it as you go along. And I yeah. thought that worked for me for literary stories, but I didn't think you could write a thriller without um, planning it out more ahead of time. You know, because thrillers rely so much on their intricate plots. Mm-hmm. So being a non-planner, um, I didn't think I could write a thriller because when I sit down and try and plan something, and I have, I have sat down and tried to plan novels, and I, I can't think of anything. I could just go completely blank. Um, so I just, I just can't plan. But when I'm actually writing, when I sit down with an idea and I start to write, then things come to me. So I thought, well, I'll just sit down and I'll try and write a thriller the same way I write literary fiction, which is no plan at all and just do it by the seat of my pants. And I actually was able to do it to my great surprise. And I wrote The Couple Next Door that way. Well, that's what, that was actually one question I was thinking because like reading it, um, you, I was like, does she plan this out? There's no way. Cause it just seems like most fiction books, I can kind of, you can see what's coming next and you yeah. almost at a certain point you, you kind of, you foresee the ending, right? Yeah. Whereas you, it's just, uh, one thing after another, another, and it's... Uh, <laughs> the secret is, I don't know what the ending is. Yeah, well, so, that's what so I was... I'm, I'm writing along, like, sort of, you know, the pace gets faster and faster, and I'm kind of writing along because I want to I wanna find out what's going to happen every day. So <laughs> what I do is I have all these, like, I start off with an idea, and then I have all these different characters, and I, I kind of keep things up in the air, like different things going on. Like, there's a lot of different... Um, strings, I, I guess, going along. And I don't know how any of them are going to play out. I just keep them, keep all the balls in the air. And keep, then, yeah. and then towards the end, it sort of hits me who did it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't know going into it, who did it. I'm it's, for me, I'm just exploring to see how it's going to go. Like I'm writing one now and I don't know, there's like four people at least that, that, that could have done it. And I'm keeping it. them alive as suspects all the way through. And it's fun for me that way because then I, oh, it could be this person, it could be that person. If I, I'm one of those people, if I knew who did it um, when I started out, I think the project would just, I would lose interest in it. Well, now um, how long, how long did it, how long did it take you to write The Couple Next Door? Were you just... Like, it took six months. Six months. And I, and I wrote it in secret. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my husband what I was oh, doing. That's so cool. I, I think he thought I was writing another literary novel because I just, I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off, to be honest, because, I mean, once I got into it and I was about halfway, I thought, oh, this is really moving. I'm, I'm having fun, but I didn't know how it was going to end. 
but I, you know, even with my literary books, things had a way of coming to fruition, like something about the unconscious mind. It's working all the time. And somehow these things come to a nice resolution. So um, now I, I still read all my novels that way. I start off with an idea and I just go with it. And I, I hope that I, I know enough now. I've written enough of them that I know it will, it will resolve itself. So, um, but back when I wrote The Couple Next Door, I didn't know that. So I thought, well, I won't really tell anyone what I'm doing. Um, so, so now after you finished it, were you, so how did that work? Did you, did you have an agent before that or? So what had happened was I had had um, a literary agent for okay. my literary books. Okay. But, you know, literary agents in Canada, um, they tend to deal with literary novels. Um, it's very, it's very hard with. Uh, literary agents in Canada to sell big to the United States. I mean, they, it's getting a little better now for thrillers, but I knew, I knew I had to have a, a thriller agent to sell into that market. I didn't want to use my literary agent yeah. um, for that because they don't sell that kind of book. So I went to Helen Heller, who is like the Canadian literary agent for thrillers. And she sells always, she never sells to Canada first. She always sells to North America, to New York and London first. And then the Canadians come along because it's a world market. It's an international market. Oh, for sure. And like we, we have a lot of Canadian thriller writers who are very well known internationally that do very well that people don't realize. They're <laughs> often Canadian? don't realize they're Canadian. Like a lot of people don't realize I'm Canadian. So yeah, I went to her and I, I went to her because I knew she represented Linwood Barkley and I really like Linwood Barkley. Um, so uh, he's he's a Canadian uh, thriller writer yeah, yeah. who has done really well worldwide, and like now we're pals. And um, so I took it to her, and she called me back the next day. And you know, I I was used to when I send stuff off to agents in the literary world, it would take them you know six months to get back to me. So she called me back the next day and said we have to have coffee. Oh really? And then she yeah, and so we met for coffee, and then she said I'm going to New York next week. You know, I'll you know, just I'll just send around six chapters, and then when she when she gave them the six chapters, she phoned. Oh, she I remember. I love this story. She phoned me from New York, and I was in the kitchen making dinner, and she says, "It's um, hi, Sherry. It's Helen." And I said, "Helen, who?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd never had an agent phone me at home ever in my life, yeah. and I just <laughs> give her the book the week before, and she said, "Oh, I'm going off to New York," and and I thought, "Well, I'll never hear from her again." You know, because they always say that, oh, this will sell in New York. Oh, for sure, yeah. So then she phones me, and I'm in my kitchen. She goes, I'm getting offers. And I was like, you know, once I realized, she goes, well, I used to be your agent. I said, oh, oh, Helen, Helen, my agent. (laughs) And so then things happened really quickly after that. I mean, she got a preempt, and um, it was all very exciting. And then for the next couple of weeks, every time I was out of the house, my phone would ring, and she'd say, I've got an offer from, you know, Denmark, or I've got an offer from Paris, or I've got whatever. It was a very fun time for me. Um, and so, yeah, that book did, uh, it did really well. And so I've, uh, yeah, so I, I got a two book contract with, um, Viking in the U S Penguin Random House and then Doubleday here in Canada and Transworld in the UK. And I've, I've been with them through, I'm doing my sixth book with them now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause yeah. you seem to, it's like once a year, right? Do you do one book a year? Yep. Is that kind of yep. your goal? Yeah, that's the goal. And I, I have one out every July. Yeah. And you've got it's one quite coming a, out. Quite a pace. Yeah, I've got oh. one coming out in July in North America. It's going to be July 28th, I think. Cool. It's now, called The End of Her. I think I, I think I told you that. Yeah, you mentioned it because I asked <laughs> if it was uh, about your renovation. 
but uh, <laughs> but no, that's cool. So now the I, I actually have a story that I thought was pretty cool. I I've when I say I've read all your books, I've either read or listened to them audio, but. Mm-hmm. I had I drove to Las Vegas I think two years ago with with <laughs> okay. another guy and we we left we left at like four in the morning and we we were planning on driving like maybe fifteen hours and split the drive in half but uh-huh. we listened to I think it was the couple next door and someone we know or something but I had already heard them but I was I put them on for the guy I was driving with. Uh-huh. And we ended up driving for 23 straight hours because <laughs> we were, you know, wide awake. And then we pulled into our hotel room at, I finally got us a room. It was like three in the morning and there was, I think, 20 minutes left to, of, you know, whichever one it was. And he sat in the, in the van and waited instead of coming in, going to bed. <laughs> so I, I. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. I love, like, it's, they're books that you could, I know when, you know, if you're reading them, you can't put them down. But also if, for me, if I'm driving, it's, it's awesome because it, you know, it keeps you awake. It keeps you engaged for sure. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I've got lots of audiobooks because I, I, they always send me copies. So, um, next time I see you, I'll have to give you some audiobooks. Oh, sounds, sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I definitely would love to come by and see the place when it's, when it's finished, yeah. No, you should. You should. You should definitely do that. Take some pictures of the floor, and and uh, I think you'll be quite happy with how it all looks. Yeah. No, I'm, lo- yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to your. So, what's your new book? What's uh, the end of her? All so, so it's um it's uh you know I'm always looking for the perfect murder. Um, <laughs> so this one start is this one starts off with. What I thought, it, I, I read something online, it's a true story, about someone who was shoveling out their, their car in a snowbank, from a snowbank, during a snowstorm. And um, his wife and child got in the car to stay warm when it was running. And they um, died of carbon monoxide poisoning because the uh, tailpipe was blocked, oh, was blocked with, with snow. So I thought, I thought, oh, that's terrible. What a horrible accident. And of course, it was ruled an accident. Um, and I thought, but you know, if, if, you know, if you're like me and you think about these things, <laughs> I thought, what a perfect way to get rid of your family. Like, if, if you wanted to get rid of them, it's like the perfect murder. So the new book is, um, it starts off with a, a man, his, his, his pregnant wife dies in this sort of situation where there's, there's been a big snowstorm and um, she dies of carbon monoxide poisoning in the car. And it was ruled an accident and so on. But then someone from his past comes comes forward and says, you know, that wasn't an accident. I, I think you killed her on purpose. And so that's sort of where the story goes. And of course, he's he's remarried. He has new new babies. And, uh, you know, the story is yeah, really yeah. about, was it an accident or was it the perfect murder? And you just don't know until quite far along. Well, and you probably, you didn't know until quite far I along either, right? Know. I did not know. <laughs> because what I, what I do is I have uh, information coming both ways. You know, I have certain information coming from you know, certain evidence that makes you think he didn't do it, and certain evidence that makes you think he did yeah. do it. And then I go back and forth because I haven't decided whether he's done it. Well, and that's with uh, it's it's so weird because I've like I I read 
I, well, I listen to books more than I read, but I've never really like with fiction, I've, I've never really thought about the author. Like, I guess mm-hmm. maybe they put the picture of the author in the book just to make you realize that someone actually wrote it. But <laughs> I, I remember after, well, before I met you, I think I read two of your books all, already. And I just remember thinking, what is going on in this lady's head right now? <laughs> like, I better give her a really good deal on flooring and I better not <laughs> piss her off because who knows what could, could happen to me. I remember you sending me an email. We were talking about flooring and you said you could do a murder with a piece of flooring. Oh, you could. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you were talking, you were talking, I could I tell. I was talking yeah. about putting someone through a chipper. I remember, Chip. I won't say who, but I remember thinking at the time about putting someone through the chipper. Oh, well, that's been done. Come on. That's been Can't done. Can't do you that. Know, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to get rid of a body. So you see, this is, I was, I was doing a podcast in Britain last week and uh, we were talking about how difficult it is to get rid of a body. And I said, this is why I love this um, carbon monoxide poisoning in the snowy car business. You don't have to get rid of the body. It's right there, yeah. It's right there. There's none of this nonsense. How do you prove intention? Like, you know, unless you've got a film of someone stuffing the exhaust pipe themselves, um, it's pretty hard to prove. And you don't have to do any of the messy, you know, carving them up stuff. Or Yeah, all the... <laughs> yeah. And it's painless. They just go to sleep, so... It is a good way to do it, but of course, I can never kill someone that way now because oh, thank God. I've already written it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Then, then you'd be a number one suspect, right? That's right. But so I better be really careful. Now, about the cars. A question I have: This is always, you know, what I thought. Like, where do you come up with? How do you come up with the people's names? Like, oh, names are really hard. Are they? Because are so hard. So I do a couple things. I look in phone books. Okay. <laughs> and I use. For for place names, I will often use um, place names from Nova Scotia. Like I'll look at up, up, up at a, I, I set my books in um, Upper New York State, and I've noticed that a lot of the names are like or similar to the names in Nova Scotia. So I'll use Canning instead of whatever the real name is in Upper New York State. But they they have very similar sorts of sounding names. Okay. Um, you know, old English kinds of names for the most part. Um, but for people's names, I will look up names from that area, and or I'll just use a phone book. And there's also okay. something called for writers called the random name generator. Oh, really? <laughs> so you put in um, how unusual you want it to be, and you know which which gender, and and you know what the date of birth is and stuff, and it just generates a whole bunch of weird names. Oh, that's um, yeah. But I've had problems with names because in every book I do, even though I generate the names randomly. Someone will always reach out to me and say, "You use my name." So give me <laughs> in some your money. Book. Okay, so like Bridget Crookshank, who was in um, Stranger Next, Stranger in the House. Yeah. So I get an email from her going. <laughs> you got to picture this, right? I get an email and it says Bridget Crookshank. <laughs> I'm going, "Ooh, what's she doing calling me?" <laughs> you know. Um, so that was a bit weird, and. Um, what, but, what about yeah, Richard Dries? That was Dries. one I, I, I generated right from the from the um, the phone book. When I use the phone book, I use I use um, use the phone book for last names, and then I'll use something else for the first name. So I never just pick an actual name of someone out of the book. Yeah. And then after that, I've learned now to Google it to make oh, sure and that see I don't if there's actually uh... yeah. Okay. Because what happened for my with my first book 
you know, Inspector uh, Detective Rasback, which I just made up in yeah. my head because I'd heard the name. You know, I'd known someone with that name 30 years ago. Okay. Um, and I thought it was kind of a cool German name. And then I, my, my publisher gets uh, an email saying, I'm actually Detective Rasback. And, um, you know, I used to work on kidnappings. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> but he was really nice about it. Yeah, because cool, that was the name, right? You didn't change yeah, it. So. Yeah. So it turns out that I knew his sister years ago. And I, you know, remembered her name, but I didn't know she had a brother or anything like that. And I certainly didn't know he's a detective. So, <laughs> but you know, it's funny. Like it's it, it's very hard to come up with a name that isn't used somewhere. So I do try to Google the name, make sure I haven't got anybody famous or and um, and Raleigh. Like I could it, all these uh, Raleigh's not a very common name, but I could just I could just yeah. picture a Raleigh. Yeah, I don't know where that one came from. I I, I liked that one. Yeah, I. Can't remember. Sometimes the names just spring into my head, but quite yeah. often, when I'm writing, I'll put in placeholder names, and then I like I'll put in, well, Susan did this, and then oh. I have to go back and think, well, and I then can't change the, yeah, I have to do something else. Well, Richard Drees too. That was a name that just which one? Richard Drees. Yes, he just I I never liked him right from the beginning. <laughs> just the name, it really. You know, that was just a pure. Um, finger on the phone book thing oh really <laughs> yeah yeah like in the movie the jerk have you seen that movie no oh really oh no. with steve martin oh i love steve martin I oh it's that. yeah it's the jerk it's a stupid movie but the he gets he finally you know is gets his name and number in the phone book and he's so so excited and then this murderer just plays the phone book game and like gets his name <laughs> and then, uh, it, long story, but you have to watch the movie. It's a pretty, uh, it's, it's stupid, but it's a good, if <laughs> All you like. Steve Martin movies are stupid, but they're really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, this one is probably his stupidest, but it's, <laughs> it's good. I think you'd like it. But now what, uh, what, what percent, so does it generally take like six months to write a book or was that just the first one or? How? Well, I I think now, I mean, I, I spend, I probably spend about four or five months writing a first draft. Okay. And then I need at least that amount of time to revise it as well. So I write, because I write the first draft, you know, without planning it and so on. Sure. Then I have to go back and I do a lot of rewriting and a lot of rethinking and um, so it takes me, so I have a, I, like a, the way my year falls out is I do like I get a book in that's coming out in July, I'm all done by May. So by May, I'm starting on the next book. Okay. And then I get the first drafts done sometime in the fall. And, you know, while I'm writing, like right now I'm, in, you know, a third of the way into my, my new book, number six. And then, but I'm promoting the one that's just coming out next in the next couple of weeks. Okay, then that's what I was wondering. So how, I, I guess right now you're probably not, on tour or doing anything like that, but do you no, and no more tours. It's horrible. Normally, I would be packing for Thriller Fest in New York next week. I would be going the week after that to London and Harrogate and all these places. And I was supposed to go to Prague in June, and I didn't get to go to that. And um, I usually travel about eight times a year. And this year, of course, you know, with the pandemic, it's been all virtual. You know, podcasts and do you um, do like for- virtual Zoom? Book yeah, like I did a stuff? virtual literary festival on the weekend. It was um, in England. 
Okay. And it, it was for charity, and it was just, you know, um, <laughs> I was on a quiz show with Richard Osman from England, who does all the big quiz shows there, and um, a bunch of English writers, and yeah, they, it was just, it was a fun time for charity. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing else right now. Like, you can't go to festivals, you can't go to book fairs, you can't go to bookstores. I mean, bookstores only just opened again recently, so yeah, I guess uh, it's so. been really quiet. Yeah, because so how many bookstores would you generally go to in a year? Or well, it just it depends on every country kind of does things a bit differently. So sure. in England, I always do a big launch in England. Um, I'm quite big over there, so I go and I go to this. Um, there's a big literary festival, crime festival called Heritage. Bigston's um, old peculiar at Harrogate, which is it's famous because it's where Agatha Christie disappeared when she was losing her mind. And okay. um, anyway, they have this fabulous, you know, everyone goes Ian Rankin and everybody goes, it's lots of fun. And it's, um, so it's canceled this year. I was supposed to do a panel this year, but uh, hopefully next year it'll be on. And then what I do is from that weekend, uh, then my publicist takes me around and we hit, you know, lots of different cities and we hit lots of different bookstores and, Basically, we're on the road, and we, you know, we have a driver, and we have the Jaguar, and we have the publicist, and we, we basically drive from place to place, and we stop at bookstores, and we sign stock, and then we usually do like a, a midday event, and then we'll have an evening event, and then um, we'll just drive around, you know, Manchester and Leeds, and all these. So places. it's a busy, it's a busy time. Yeah, it's exhausting, but it's <laughs> yeah, quite fun. Yeah, and then the way. It, it works. So in Britain, it's like that. And then the way it works in the U.S. is it's, it's very different. You know, instead of having a publicist who drives and takes you everywhere, because England is so small and um, so easy, you know, so easy to get around in. In the States, they, they fly you every day. So one day you'll be in Cleveland and then you'll get up the next morning by yourself and you take a plane and you go to like Idaho or something. And then you're met by a media escort and then the media escort takes you all around you know, in their truck or whatever, and you go to LA or you go to like this year, I'm doing it all by phone. And I think I'm doing Atlanta and, um, Oh God, I can't remember Tulsa. Um, anyway, we usually do events in bookstores in the evening, but it's, the days are longer. Like you're flying long distances on your own. And yeah, but so yeah, this year that's off. Um, so it's all going to be virtual interviews with other, authors like I think I'm doing one night with Ruth Ware in I don't know Atlanta or something it was supposed to be in Margaret Mitchell's house and I was all excited before the (laughs) pandemic I thought oh I'd love to go to Margaret Mitchell's house although I don't know if you could say that now with the Black Lives Matter like they're probably going to tear down her house I don't know um the whole con with the wind thing but um yeah so this year it's been a little dull yeah Um, I can imagine yeah, well, but no. it's still busy. It's busy, and it's a lot of technology that I'm not comfortable with, so I have found that quite challenging. Everybody's on a different platform, and everybody has different ways they FaceTime. And, well, and that's you know, why I'm just phoning you on a landline, out of respect. Oh, I'm so grateful. So, if, uh, someone, <laughs> if someone just phones me on a landline or asks me to write something, I'm so grateful, because I've been doing Squadcast and Facebook Live and... FaceTime and, and every, every, everybody's on a different Zoom and, oh, it's like yeah. for someone like me who's not good with technology, if I didn't have my husband, the IT guy, or my daughter who's young, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get through my day. 
Well, is Manuel, he, he's, what is he? He's, is he your manager or is that, uh, is that his title? Well, he's, um, he's my, I wouldn't call him my manager. Man, what no, am I, I, I you're his manager. I wonder if I, no. what I should call him. No, he, he does, he does run a lot of the, yeah. he does a lot of the business stuff for me. So I have an agent and I, and I have, um, publicist, you know, publicists and things. And then he handles all the, all the really boring stuff like tax trees and oh, finances yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So he's very all useful. And stuff. He's very useful with the IT stuff. Well, cause I, I remember getting, I think I got an email from him and I was like, his, whatever it's called, what's it called? His domain or whatever on his email address was sh- at Sherry Lapina. And I'm thinking, what, yeah, yeah, that what, was- kind of, what kind of guy uses his wife's name? He must be in love. I'll tell him you said and that. that. I think it was just a matter of convenience because I think he'd come from a different job or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But I was like, I mean, oh, he, has, this- he has a work one too, but he doesn't, you know, obviously he doesn't want to use it for, for, um, anyway, does, he doesn't have his own. Does he? Uh, do you, does he travel with you a fair bit? Or? Uh, quite often, yeah. yeah. Like, so he, I, I travel when it's touring, no, because it's just too exhausting. But for sure, I've had him come over. Like he'll come a couple years ago. He came to Harrogate in Egypt. Like we went, we spent a few days in London, and then he came to Harrogate for the parties because it's the best parties ever. Yeah. And then he went home, and then I went off on tour, and then he came with me to Dubai. And he came with me to Istanbul, and we went to oh, we went to Scotland last year, and we loved Scotland. There's a big festival there called Bloody Scotland. Um, and he came with me to France for the Cape de Pilar last year, or two years ago maybe. So he does travel with me quite a Once, bit. Yeah. What What about the kids? Do they come? Um, not so much. No. My uh, son doesn't like to travel. My daughter loves to travel, but she's often in school. Oh, I thought you were going to say, but not with your mom. But No, no, no. she loves to travel <laughs> with me. But uh, she was actually, we had bought her a seat. Uh, she was supposed to come to the book fair in Prague with us yeah. in the spring. But The school school was just finished, but the, the pandemic put a kibosh on that. Um she loves to go to New York and have, you know, breakfast with my publishers. She really enjoys that. Um, and the shopping. And where else has she been? She, she went to Iceland with us. Oh, cool. There's a festival in Iceland called Iceland Noir that they have every second year. And um, I was the guest of honor, so we had this lovely dinner with the First Lady of Iceland. Oh, cool. Who I don't know if you know is a Canadian. Didn't know that. You did not know. I, no. I did not know that either. But the first lady of um, Iceland is a woman who grew up in near Ottawa on a sheep farm. Okay. She married a history professor, a professor of something, I think it's history, in, yeah. in Reykjavik. And he became, um, is it prime minister? I think it's prime minister. And so she's now first lady. And her oh, brother wow. is, is a big writer, a big thriller writer in Canada. And he's got a... Uh, he's a good writer. He writes really good, creepy stuff. And his <laughs> first book called "I'm Thinking of Ending Things" is going to be out on Netflix soon. And oh. he's a he's a good guy. He's a lot of fun. Oh, what's his name? Ian Reed. Ian Reed. Okay. Well, yeah. And her name is Eliza Reed. And, and she, she runs like they have a literary uh, retreat, you know, in Iceland. And Iceland's lovely. Yeah, that's so, what I've um, heard. I was supposed to go there for a bachelor party.
we ended up uh, going somewhere else. But Iceland was one of the places, and I never in a million years would have even thought. Yeah, it's pretty groovy. Yeah. But we had, we had a really good time. Um, and where else have we been? I've been to Beijing, but I, I didn't take Manuel there. Um, now, lots of places. A question, I guess. So how how old were your kids when A Couple Next Door came out? Would they have been like okay, so in high that, school? That Yeah, high school. So that was um, A Couple Next Door came out. It would be four years ago this month, I think. Was it four, 2016? Pro- probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only four years ago. Four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've done a lot in four years. <laughs> yeah, so they would have been uh, 2017 and... 17 and 14. Yeah. So, so what do they th- think seeing their mom as a rock star? Were they, uh, Oh, they're pretty, they like it. They, yeah. they, um, they, it's, it's fun because, um, you know, I was a stay at home mom yeah. up until they were 14 and 17. And, you know, when you're a stay at home mom, you're sort of like chopped liver. <laughs> you know? Do that. Until they and grow up I, and then they realize that. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I got really busy. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't ignore them or anything. I, I, I would write when they were in school and then I would be here when they came home. I mean, writing is really good that way. You can be at home. And, um, of course now with the pandemic, it's great. Everybody's working from home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, and by the way, I'm really, really glad that during the pandemic, I don't have school aged children because I think that would have killed me. I'm glad mine are older. Um, but no, they, um, they really like it. They, uh, they're very supportive and um, they're both big readers. Okay. So um, my daughter's gone on, she's doing English lit at McGill right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, so she's interested in English. And uh, quite uh, quite for it. That's good. And, and so they didn't even know anything about their mom writing a, a thriller. No, I mean, they, they, <laughs> they knew I wrote the other book. I spent probably five, six years writing literary fiction. Yeah. And they were used to mom, you know, having these small book launches in Toronto. And, sure. you know, I think when the thriller hit, it hit us all like a whack on the side of the head. That was a completely different ball game. So in literary fiction in Canada, you have these quiet little launches and your friends come and then sales are like 2000 and you, you know, you barely recover your costs. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the thriller thing happens and it's like, wow, it's a completely different ball game and you're, being invited all over the world and you know it's it's a very different thing so yeah well, they enjoyed that now a lot. How, how many copies has a couple next door sold you know what it's just about four million worldwide it's done really well is that good yeah <laughs> uh that's yeah well, oh I, yeah i that's, think that's it's, really good <laughs> it's cool because it like it appeals to it appeals to me because it's like it's almost, I can tell, like, I can tell you're a parent, sort of, from the writing. Like, uh, but I know a couple next door was because, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, no but, but the, uh, you know, the whole, you can kind of put yourself in people's shoes. And, and, uh, and I think because you do, you do it from different angles too, that it kind of relates to everybody. It's, uh, so I can yeah. see, see the appeal. But four million copies, that's, a, that's a lot. Is a lot. <laughs> That's like the population of Tweed times a hundred. Yeah, I would say at least. <laughs> yeah, Tweed's not that big. No. 
No, that one's probably, that, that one's for sure my bestseller still. It's still selling really well. Well, for some reason. So I'm glad um, I didn't put out any spoilers because then it would stop selling, right? Because people would know what happened. Yeah, don't do not do any spoilers. And also, there's a, uh, Paramount TV has the rights. I'm really hoping they... Oh, really? They go ahead with it, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. That'll be fun. Yeah, that would... happen. <laughs> except then you would have to... Like, I would have to say, well, the book was better than the movie. You have to say that. Because that's... It's absolutely expected, yeah. And it's true every single time. Um, I think <laughs> that there's ever a case where a... I'm sure there's been a case where a movie's better than the book. But I can't think of one. I, I can't think of Because the book is almost either. always better. Yeah. And I I'm, I'm, guess I'm one of those snobs. that I remember hearing people say that and thinking, how can a book be better than a movie? What are you talking about? But now that's me, so... <laughs> Yeah, you're getting older. I, I guess so. Yeah. But uh, so how does that w- work? Like, do they, will you be like, do they keep you posted as to, you know, if there's something coming up or? No, they're just, hor- like movie people are horrible about, you know, talking to the writer and you never hear anything. And then you'll hear something like, oh, um, you know, we have a script for like a year and then your option will be renewed, and then you never hear anything for another year. It's, it's any writer will tell you the whole movie TV thing is it's you hear something and then you don't hear anything. It's always a miracle if something gets made. Yeah, for sure. Millions and millions of movies out there, but every miracle of timing and of, of everything going right to get it made. You know, oh my God, the fire truck stopping right outside my house, going the wrong way down the one way street. <laughs> well. You got oh, they've got masks on. Someone's had a heart attack or something. Oh, this is exciting. It's because I'm a thriller writer. <laughs> like, I'll bet you when you talk to other people, you don't get this. Well, you know what? I don't hear, like, fire engines or police sirens oh very God, often. Oh, my coming right up the walk of my, the other half of my semi-detached. And they're all in masks. I will keep you posted. Okay. Oh, my God. They are gloved. They have gear. They're all wearing masks. I love firefighters. I is this, is this, I remember, uh, I'll tell you a story once. We had a carbon monoxide thing go off. A little bit worried about the woman next door that she might not be well. Um, we had a carbon monoxide detector go off in our house. And um, my son is such a heavy sleeper. He was about six or seven. <laughs> they came in in his big, heavy boots and stood over him. He didn't even wake up. <laughs> I thought he had poisoning, but now he's fine. Oh, that would be, yeah, that's a bit but of a Yeah, they're all out of the truck. There's like five of them just went in there. Oh, and the police are here. Huh. No, it's the paramedic. You know what? You don't get. I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. I'm, you don't get this every day. You no, know? not really. Like it's because because it's because like I'm going to take a picture and then I'm going to send it to you. It's me. It's me pulling a prank on you. Are you pranking me? Yeah, That's I am. So wrong. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I would. I would not prank. I, you'd be the last person I'd want to prank. Oh, hang on, just a sec. I put the phone down. About that. Hey, that's okay. Well, I just want to prove to you that thriller writers always have something exciting happening. Yeah, well, flooring salesmen don't, so that's why I have to talk. <laughs> that's why I have to read thrillers and talk to you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to send this to you. Um, I think I've got your email here. Now the paramedic is going in. Oh dear, I hope Tula's all right. 
See, I live on the other side of the detached wall, a semi-detached wall. And yeah. that's why I store. Where are you? Okay, so you've got an email. Oh, you sent me an email here earlier. So I do have your email address. I'm going to send you this. <laughs> Just to show you how exciting my life is. Actually, my life has been so dull lately. You've no idea. Well, you're um, st- stuck in a stuck in the city. That's what I you I guess you'd want to be at the farm with all the space yeah. and everything and you No, know, it it has been quite disappointing. So I'm going to send this to you. <laughs> Greg. Hope your name comes up. Oh, looks like you're backing up. There <laughs> you go. I think paramedics have it. It's not a fire. So you're, it's not a, your, your neighbor doesn't have a baby or anything, do they? It's not a, no, not a Amber alert. No, all, but all the neighbors are coming out to ask questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's probably just heat stroke. It's freaking hot out there today. Oh yeah. So did, you, did you get it? Oh, I don't know. I, uh. <laughs> I don't know how to do. I'm on my phone. I'm not a technical. Oh, okay. I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a tech guy either. So I've got my oh, phone okay. out. Oh, that makes me feel better. Hooked up anyway, to a just cord. Just of, of a fire truck. Okay. But anyway, yeah, it's just it's more exciting when the police come. You uh, know, we had a shooting on the street over in Langford. There was a guy murdered there last year. Somebody was shot in his car. That was exciting. <clears throat> on now, the fire truck's gone, and the paramedics here but you know i always have to be looking for material yeah yeah i guess so <laughs> well that's flooring material i'm i'm waiting for a, a flooring salesman to be <laughs> a murderer and and if you use my name i don't care that's fine but i'm, I'm just uh, you say that now but if your life changes and people think you're a murderer then you'll sue me <laughs> yeah no i think i think well hopefully people would know that it's fiction yeah well yeah you would think i mean we always put those um disclaimers in the front too. yeah <laughs> it is just fiction it's not i don't do true crime it's too too creepy yeah yeah cool. right on well that's that's i guess good i can let i can let you go and see what's happening next door well i don't want to snoop but i feel a bit like angela lansbury and murder she wrote let's <laughs> <laughs> go see what's happening so you're doing podcasts now? Yeah, well, we're st- we're just starting to. I'm trying to get dad. We've we've tried a few, and yeah. just never really been super happy. But we've yeah. got to we've got to do our little intro first, and yeah. then uh, and then we'll go from there. I want to get a, a little bit of material. I just thought since we were emailing back and forth, now is a good as good a time as any to yeah to check in. And yeah. since you're doing podcasts all the time now, it. It's right up your alley. It is. But like I said, I'm grateful just to do the phone. <laughs> had, uh, yeah, tech stuff is really, like I did one recently. And of course, I don't know how to access, like they sent me the link, but I, I, I couldn't get the thing. I don't know. I, I, I've got to get in the world to look at it so that I can see it. Anyway, it's it's complicated with the technology now. You know, it, you know and in a way... Everything's so much more accessible, and in a way, it's so much more opaque. You oh, know? for sure. It's uh, difficult, but um, I wish you best of luck with it. And if you ever want to, you know, um, touch well, base or, or talk about writing a murder mystery, or- <laughs> so, 
Sounds good. Well, I will, I will definitely be, I'm waiting for July 28th. That's what it is, right? Yeah. 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 July 28th. Well, I yeah. will, I'll check in with you on the 29th and let you know my <laughs> thoughts. Okay. And if you, if you want to publish like a testimonial or whatever on the back of me, then you can by all means. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, Greg. Right, see you later. And I'll, and I'll never forget your pizza. Oh, your oh yeah, yeah. You I'll had never a, forget your pizza. We haven't and, had pizza uh, for a few months now, believe it oh, or really? not. Oh, really? Time yeah. for pizza. And um, you'll have to come up and see the floors. Yeah, no, I'd love to. That'd be Eventually. awesome. I'll let you know when everything's all done and cleaned. All right, sounds good. Okay, right. nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. See ya. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. And then now we're going to talk. Wow, Emma, what a great... Interview that was, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. What? Like we're not gonna keep this going. Let's end it for tonight. No, we have to talk a little bit more after the interview. You don't just about do about the interview. No. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. You no. You just don't. No, no. You should talk about the interview. No. It. It. Sh- we well, shouldn't. Okay? okay. Because you haven't listened to it. That's what I mean. You don't listen I'm not to prepared. anything. I know. Oh. So it. We don't know. I. No. When you're doing a podcast and then you have an interview in the middle of it and then you talk after, I don't think you talk about the interview because you just heard the interview. Okay, what do you talk about then? The part at the end of the interview, though, where she's, where her, like the ambulance and police are coming to her neighbor (laughs) is kind of intense. Maybe that'll be like a chapter in her next. Oh my God, what? Has it been not recorded? Okay. Maybe that'll be a chapter in our next thriller. I know she's she's cool though, eh? You get that from the interview, right, Emma? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Like, don't. No. Um. So put me on the spot here. I am kind of. I kind of have a thing for our appliance repair dispatch lady. <laughs> what would you call her? I don't what is know. she? So she's the appliance repairman's, like everything. Mm-hmm. And she just schedules his appointments, probably does his books, mm-hmm. answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And she's so cool, eh? I know. So like, friendly. She's so friendly. Oh, my God. I got off the phone with her one day in such a good mood. And then I called you to tell you about my conversation with her. And you were in a crusty mood at work. And then you're like, so that's what you called to tell me about? Like, well, because... But she just made my day happy. And then you were a ding. Okay. Well, sorry. You told me. You're like, we were joking about this. I'm like, oh, that's not funny. But I get it. Like, I get it. Get I it feel now it. You've talked to her. What's her name? What was? It? What's her name? I don't know. Oh my god! So you know what? She. Uh, we've been talking to her a lot. Because, I just feel like we're buds okay, now. Okay. Number first things first. Our dishwasher died. It just died. That's not the first thing. The the other thing. No, the dishwasher died. Didn't work. So then he came. Yeah, but our laundry was the first. Well, oh my god! Yes, I know. laundry machine died. Mm-hmm. Dryer too, or do we well, just the, replace? Remember both? the dryer's been really like yeah. okay. really bad and washing up. For this a long is time. all in the last six yeah. months. So first conversation with him, with them, washing machine dry, died. Mm-hmm. What happened there? It was we, like so we got it. We just got new washer and dryer. Yeah. Did he install the new one? Must I have. Think so. I don't remember. Yeah. So two. That's two correspondences. With mm-hmm. them. Then, dishwasher dies. Mm-hmm. Call him up. He comes by. Three. Then third he, visit. Then he tries to fix it. Yeah, but, but he, he, then he's he like, said it's like 
He's like, it's going to cost 500. Yeah, it's not worth like almost $600 to fix. So then we're like, okay, we'll get a new one. We get a new one. He comes by, installs it. Sixth or fifth, (laughs) fifth time he's been to our house. And all the while, we're chatting with lady on the the dispatcher lady (laughs) slash whatever she does. Scheduler. So that was five. So then, but the appliance place we bought it from didn't, the box didn't have the brackets to install the dishwasher. Yeah. So we're using it, waiting for these brackets. And every time you open the dishwasher, it flips over, basically. Like kind of moves. Yeah, it just like clunks back and forth. Yeah. So... We get the we get the uh, bracket thing, and then what happens? It was the day before we got the bracket thing. Yeah, yeah. Water's everywhere on our floor because when it was rocking back and forth, it rocked down, cut the hose, the draining hose. Mm-hmm. So we got water all over our floor. So then we needed. I had to call them, get them to come back, put a new hose on, put a new hose on, and fix it. And then our oven. Then our oven stopped working. But we haven't got them back yet. Yeah, well, I've been trying. And they... So we need, I want to get them to do the dishwasher while he comes and looks at the oven. Yeah, and you know what's next, probably? The fridge? Yeah. Well, th- that's what's so frustrating. Like, stuff is... Like, 10 years. 10 like, years. we've been in our house 10 years, and it's like, and boom, 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 Everything's boom. breaking. And that's... Yeah. And 10 years isn't that long of a time. I know. Shit should last. Like stuff should last. I'm. I feel like my parents had this fridge that was like thirty years old, and it's still like I think it's still kicking. Like it's probably like we had. The, remember that fridge at the cottage that was a casualty of the oh, fire? Yeah, that was like eighty Ancient. years old. I know. Yeah, it probably used more electricity than the whole cottage. But <laughs> anyways, I know. But so the dispatch. Why? Can't, like I feel like what about what about a twenty year appliance? Yeah, know? or something. Like, like it's just 20 ridiculous. to 30 years. Yes. Just built to last. Yeah. That's why, like, what I sell is will last forever. Built to last. And I just feel good about that. Because it's not going to be in a landfill. It's not going to be sitting in Greg and Emma's garage until Greg gets rid of it. Oh, my God. Yeah, still in the get garage. that friggin' okay. dishwasher out well, of our garage. Well, I wanted to put it on the street and put free on it. And you said I know, no. But I don't want to be that clunky. Like... No, like just take it to Someone will the take dump it. like a normal person would. Oh, then I have to wait in line at the dump. Then I have to... Okay, but that's what everyone does in no, their life because people put it by the road and then happen. some person's going to come and take it. That's so weird. It's It looks nice. It still looks nice. It still yeah, has but it does looks. not work. Yeah, but it still has its looks. It still looks good. Maybe someone will use it for parts. Maybe someone driving by will be like, there's a nice dishwasher that looks nice that I could use for parts. You know what else? Like, I don't know how people have the time for, like, putting stuff on Kijiji or, like, yard oh. sale sites and stuff. Because, like, it's just a it's, lot of work. It's the worst. And you get... Like, and I people can't are imagine, annoying. like, having that, like... But there's people that that's what they do. I just do. hate... You know, being people. on my phone trying to get no. back to people. I would never want to do that. But people do that, like, that's what they do. They love to do, though. It's like a hobby. I know. I know. So, like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, It's not for me. It's not for me. Because, like... Okay, speaking just, of like, being on your phone, When you're on your computer at work and then you, like... When have you sold anything on Kijiji? I 
I well, I don't know. Remember, we had that. Those and then those two. You were yeah, home that, that night, and then those We've two already talked about that. random and men that showed me. up, and I was yeah. alone. And I was like, "Go yeah. in the backyard, I guess." Like, I, I know, hope you don't know was, I'm alone here. Like, I know that was the that was worst. creepy. It was. Cre- that's like what I mean. It. It's creepy. I won't sell anything on there again. But at this restaurant last night, there was a couple, like a young couple, and they were both on their phones playing like a game like a game <laughs> the, on their phones at the table yeah with like bright colors and it looked like a kid's <laughs> game and i'm like what are you bright, doing bright colors yeah it looked like it was like a kid's little toy game like tetris like on their phones. on their phones yeah and i'm like what are you doing why are you even here like why would you go out for dinner on a patio on a patio and just <laughs> sit play across a game. from each other on yeah. games like it's different if you're texting other people oh, or gosh what i just hope that's not what our world is coming to yeah well i it's just so bizarre how old were these people they were like young between <laughs> like 18 and 35 i don't know what they were like so were they 18 were they like on a date no they they were on a date they, like they, were they probably, weren't married they were probably 25 maybe i don't know that's just very like odd but no i'll see older people playing games on their phone that look like little kids like fucking yeah but whatever if you want to play shit. a game but if you're out for dinner as a couple do you need to be playing games the whole yeah, time it like, doesn't it i it's didn't just very bizarre it was so bizarre like and why why sit why go yeah why like, do that no i know so like you, you see wanna, couples like, and i'm not saying and... it's good but you see couples like they're texting other people and doing yeah, whatever yeah and sometimes we do that which is like but w- i think we we, we try no i know but we try to be like okay that's enough you yeah, know what but i mean i'm like, not gonna like run through my facebook scrolling feed yeah, while yeah, i'm yeah. at dinner with you yeah or my instagram you probably check your instagram <laughs> no. and be like oh greg hey no i'm busy Anyways. Sometimes I take a picture or something. I know. My phone died, too, when we were at dinner, so I couldn't get a picture of us. But then I was like, you know what? You got, like, a little bit of a picture. Yeah, I did. Then my phone died. But they were walking, like, there's flowers all around the water. And Eddie was just, like... Like, stopping to smell them? Yeah, and he had his hands behind his back, like a little old man smelling flowers. I love when he does that. It's so sweet. And so it took us, we were like... Doesn't that just make you like just stop in time and be like, oh my God, he's just like, but it was like appreciating. We just basically walked all the way down the whole patio. So everyone on the patio is seeing these two little kids just like stop, smell the flowers and then walk. Like it was the cutest thing ever. Were other people like that is so cute? uh, Yeah. In their heads? No. Yeah. No. People were like, hey, because Eddie, like, you know, he gets like excited and he's like, Looks like he's like hammered, like walking like <laughs> yeah, stumbly. Yeah. So yeah. there was like some guys that were like drinking and thought it was cool. Aww. But then he picked a flower and I'm like, Eddie, you can't take flowers. And he just said, it's for mommy. Aww. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he did. Yeah, you know what else he said? The waiter, Eddie like loved the waiter. And the he kept saying, here, here. And the waiter's like, no, thanks. Like, trying to give him his food. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, thanks. That's that's yours. And Eddie said, I don't mind. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, like, he's not even two. I know. I don't mind. 
But he says some funny stuff. Eh? I know, just like really like, old soul, well, like just random things. When eh? you were carrying him on the weekend. I know. And he said, careful, Emma. I know, I was like, carrying him up like a kind of a steep hill. And he said in this low voice, careful, Emma. Like, like he says he either has a cute little like high pitched. Yeah. Or he's like, yeah, I know. No. Yeah. I like, know. He's such a weapon. But anyways, well, I'm so glad you had a good dinner with them. I'm glad great that they dinner. were like cute and good. Well, and then tomorrow and... night they're gonna be alone with me, so Ophelia's like, "Oh, tomorrow can we have a movie night? Can we do this? Aww. Can we do that?" So she's excited. So she's she's really like loving on you. I lately. know, and I love it. It's the best. I know because for a while it was rough. I know. know. Well, but I was when her I fave. when I came home tonight, sh- I walked. Her fave, I walked to her room, her and her friends fave. were there, and. I heard her say, "Oh, just be quiet," and my so my daddy doesn't know we're in here. And I was like, "What?" Aww. Like it was so sad. But then I went in, and I'm like, "Oh, you don't want me here, Ophelia?" She's like, "No, I wanted to surprise you, Daddy. I Aww. love you." Because I was Aww. like sad, kind of. But anyways, yeah. we've got plans for tomorrow night when you're ba- away in Ottawa, getting your feet rubbed. Do <laughs> you know what? That was one of the that was a popular I'm, episode. Was it? I'm was hoping a, I'm hoping he can fix my jaw. Yeah. And my back. My jaw, my back. <laughs> Let let's not sing the rest of that song. But uh yeah, you're going to hopefully he fixes you and I a lot of people have commented on that episode. <laughs> like with, what? Like just how insane that is. <laughs> I know it is. That you it is okay, insane. this osteopath Emma goes to, I wouldn't like, even call like, him. I've, I'd gone to him like, he's like a years before guy, that. Basically. <laughs> no, I'd gone like, to him years. You might as well hey, go under an overpass ro- like, and rude, get massaged. What? No, he really, really knows his stuff. He's just very different. You know, yeah. like very odd. Okay, listen so, to the episode. But I've been with I think him. it's episode seven or something. Years or before. So I guess nine. he felt comfortable. With me, and he was very hungry, and what was in his lunch was, like, a okay. chicken thigh. We don't want to get back to the... Let's okay. not... Let's... If you want to listen to so it... So, it was very... I felt very uncomfortable and very strange. Okay, well, However, he's a strange, uncomfortable if guy. If he fixes me, he fixes me, and it's, like, one treatment, you know, compared to, like, going to, like, I just feel like any other practitioner... What does he do? Does he crack I've, you up? No. He doesn't crack you up. Gone to... It just... You know, you go and you, it just doesn't, I don't know. It's just not the same. I don't know. It's not, it's not my thing. I went to him once and he was eating peanuts while he was like crack-a-lack in my back. He doesn't crack-a-lack. Well, whatever he was doing, he was working on my, or it was my hip. I had a sore hip and I'm like, this isn't. Like, and he was eating peanuts. He was eating so, peanuts. So, so it is a common thing that he just eats while yeah, he works on you. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, it's episode five where you tell that story. <laughs> and the episode is titled Baboon Ass. I just oh, looked it up because we because talk about... the the cashews. We also talk about Greg's Greg's issues. So that this is coming full circle. All right. Full circle. So anyways, that's all. Thanks. Oh, what did I do? Thanks, Sherry LaPina. La Pena. Why do oh I keep saying God, La Pena? Why do you keep saying that? La Pena. La Pena. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. This is going to be a really long episode because we just did our thing. 
then we got 45 minutes of her. So if you're still with us, thank you. Yeah. See you. See you next time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>